Welcome to the Tanya Acker Show. I'm Tanya Acker. Welcome to the Tanya Acker Show. Boundaries, ethics, rules, and rule of law. These are all topics that I think are worth exploring in the context of the Chris Cuomo story. Chris Cuomo, of course, is the former CNN anchor who was terminated by the network after revelations about the manner in which he'd helped his brother and his brother's defense against sexual harassment allegations. His brother, of course, is former New York governor Andrew Cuomo. After Chris Cuomo was suspended, apparently there was an allegation that's recently been made about conduct that took place not while he was at CNN, but when he was at ABC some years ago. When that allegation was made, the suspension, I guess, that CNN had given Chris Cuomo became a termination. So here to talk about all of that is LA Times reporter Stephen Battaglio. Stephen writes about media and business for the LA Times. So I invited him here because I thought he could help us break it all down. Here I am with Stephen. Welcome to the podcast, Stephen Battaglio. You wrote a great piece a couple of days ago um, in the LA Times that I think really broke down what happened to Chris Cuomo, because for a lot of people, it's not really intuitive. Why do you get fired for helping your brother out when he's in a jam? Uh, Tell us what this story is about and tell us what happened. What happened is you you have a celebrity journalist who is the brother of the governor of New York. Uh, And in 2020, they went on to uh, television together, both uh, Andrew and Chris, uh, talking about uh, the governor's efforts in New York to combat the coronavirus. It was at a time when Andrew Cuomo was riding high. Uh, people were looking to him and they were feeling relief because it sounded like someone was in control of the crisis. Uh, it, that in itself was a breach of journalistic ethics. Uh, it's, it's a news program. Uh, his, he is obviously uh, not going to be critical of his brother or give him any tough questioning. But CNN thought that it was that type of that in this particular situation, they would allow it. And it was a big hit. Did with you viewers. agree? Did you agree? Because I disagree you remember completely. During- I, I, I don't think they should have done it. Uh, I think you could have done it maybe in a separate setting. Uh, where where maybe you have them on together on on another show, but when you're talking about the program that is seen by more viewers on CNN than any other show, that they are coming to that for real information, truthful information, and interviewing with your brother, interviewing your brother as a news subject is a blatant conflict. That's that stopped after a while, and Andrew Cuomo's uh, fortunes dwindled quickly. There were issues regarding the um, there were issues regarding the nursing homes uh, in New York and how uh, COVID patients were being sent into those nursing homes instead of hospital beds, causing more deaths in nursing homes. Then at the beginning of 2021, you had a sexual harassment uh, issue come up with Cuomo, which escalated. And it turns out by May, we find out that Chris Cuomo was talking to his brother about the scandal and uh, advising him. Now, if Chris Cuomo wanted to talk to his brother on the phone, give him a, talk to him for hours, giving him as, as much uh, advice as he needs, that's fine. Totally understandable. But 
He was participating in staff calls. He was sending text to uh, people in Cuomo's cabinet. His advisory role was pretty invasive. It was He was very involved, more involved than he should have been as a journalist. So like, let, let me interrupt you for a moment, because sure. I think what you just said as a you qualified all that by saying he was more involved than he should have been as a journalist. How much of his involvement or how much of you know the impropriety of uh, his involvement is tempered by the fact that with respect to those allegations, he very explicitly did not report on his brother. So he was not using his, pl putting aside the issue of the nursing homes, because he did, his brother did have the CNN access to the platform then. When it came to the allegations against his brother, Chris Cuomo said, I'm not doing this on my job. I'm not gonna do this story. Wouldn't that give him more leeway to help his brother off camera? Because he wasn't he reporting star, on the story. He is, he is, a, he is the, one of the biggest stars on CNN. Uh, he talks to other people in the newsroom. He has influence. You cannot be involved in a controversial news subject. Uh, even if he's not covering him per se, he's part of that organization. He... He could have been involved personally if, uh, if they were having a Sunday dinner and he wanted to see him, talk to him about it afterwards, uh, light up a couple of cigars and hash it out, that's fine. But he was on staff calls. He was sending, he was sending um, uh, messages to the chief of staff at, uh, in, in Cuomo's office. He offered to contact journalists to find out about other stories that people were working on about Andrew Cuomo. Uh, so... That is far more involvement than any journalist should have in any circumstance, whether it's your brother or not. This is a fundamental rule of journalism. You cannot do this. Blood is not a factor here. Uh, if he wanted to help his brother, if he wanted to be there for him, he could have taken a leave of absence and dealt with it. And then he could come back and he could say, hey, this is something I had to do. And the audience and CNN management, I think, would have accepted. But you can't have it both ways. So if I understand you correctly, and uh, you point this out in your article uh, a few days ago, December 5th, LA Times, if I understand you correctly, part of what he did wrong is that even if he wasn't talking about the story on camera, he was using his CNN resources and his resources as a journalist to advance or, or to, to help his brother's defense. Is that part of it as well, Stephen? Well, I would say that when we say resources, you're talking about someone who's, it's not necessarily that he's you know having his staff make calls on the governor's behalf or anything like that, but He's a big influential figure. He knows people. Uh, there were, according to the attorney general's report, uh, and this is from Cuomo's, Chris Cuomo's own testimony, he offered to call someone who knew Roman Farrow, Ronan Farrow, who was working on a story on The New Yorker, to call other journalists to see if there were other women out there. Uh, that is extremely inappropriate because Chris Cuomo is going to take your call when he calls, if you're working at uh, another outlet. Uh, so yes, that is kind of using his influence that he gets from being on uh, a major global news network, and he was using it to help his brother. 
One of the things that you point out in your piece was that this was a violation of CNN's journalistic standards, which prohibit an employee from acting on behalf of a political figure or a political cause. So let's just say that uh, Chris Cuomo's brother wasn't former governor Andrew Cuomo. Let's just say it was, I don't know, uh, teacher Andrew Cuomo. Uh, it, would it still have been wrong what he did in your view? Uh, I think it's a good question. But first of all, that standard is a standard in any newsroom. It would not any be allowed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, yes, if it was a less high profile situation, uh, I think it would depend on the particulars of it. But you, again, you can't be using your uh, your clout stature that you have from from being on. I'm sorry, your producer keeps calling me here. Uh, the the um, you can't use your, your clout or your stature as a journalist. Uh, on behalf of a cause, a political cause, a politician, it's just not something that's done. You you you're uh, you have to remain objective, and you have to report on news. Now you can have opinions on things, and you can express them, but in it, 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 to use uh, the the platform that you have, the power that you have uh, on someone's behalf uh, is frowned upon, and in most cases, would get you fired. It really seems that that's the 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 key issue here. It's about leveraging power as opposed to having a strong view or an opinion. Because I don't know. I mean, if you can think of very many, um, it's hard for me to think of. Well, let me say it differently. Uh, the standard of what is objective journalism. You know, certainly when you're talking about. Uh, television media or digital media where people can see your voice, hear your inflection, watch you roll your eyes when uh, you mention someone. I mean, what do you think about objectivity in your business these days? Is it something of, is it something of, of a bygone era? I think it's on life support. Uh, you know, people say they want straight news. People say they want objective news, but uh, they don't watch it as much as they watch opinion, as much as they want to see commentary, uh, as much as they want to see a validation of their own uh, political and social beliefs. And that's what a fragmented uh, media environment has gotten us, is that uh, it, you have a large supermarket and a, and a lot of brands to choose from, and you're gonna choose the ones that you like, not necessarily the ones that are uh, presented to you, uh, in a, a very sort of linear, straightforward fashion. I'm going to throw something out there because uh, just in the same way that uh, you suggest that objective journalism is on life support, I think that journalists these days have more power than ever. Um, I, I'm a lawyer by trade. I co-host a court show. I think that journalists in some respects are more powerful than judges because they can select what parts of the story they're going to tell. They can create a narrative. There is obviously, there's of course an obligation to report a story fairly, but you know, you know as well as I do that uh, what's fair to Fran may not be fair to Franny. I don't know where I came up with those names, but uh, you know, it's, do you think that some of your 
colleagues, I'm not just talking about the, at, at the Los Angeles Times, but do you think that we're in an environment where there aren't enough checks on journalists and, and how you all tell your stories? Do you well, think you have I, too much I, power? I think, I think you just answered your own question there in terms of, yeah, yeah so that are, are journalists more powerful? Uh, you know, they, they've always had a lot of influence and they continue to have influence today. But uh, I think the issue is, is that the barrier of entry uh, to become a journalist and to do journalism has been lowered a lot. And, uh, and that is why I think a journalist uh, in general, journalism in general is suffering a credibility, credibility crisis. Uh, you don't know where a lot of the information that you're getting on social platforms is coming from things that look like they're news, but they're not. I mean, this is something that's being, you know, debated all the time uh, in, in the tech world. So it's, uh, and that's part of the crisis that's going on. I mean, the, and that there are so many sources of information, which ones do you believe? And a lot of times eh, I'm gonna believe the ones that I like or I agree with. Or the ones that make us feel good. I mean, you know, if you cut back to, uh, the Cuomo brothers show on CNN early in the pandemic, uh, when then Governor Andrew Cuomo was really being lauded uh, as a hero, and, and again, uh, you know, there's uh, information that's come to light that suggested that uh, that's not all that it was cracked up to be. But it made people feel good. You know, people were locked up in their homes, and then they see these two brothers chatting. And it kind of, I think that for some, it provided some kind of solve. I mean, so if the audience is- I think you're absolutely right. Uh, and I think that's why CNN allowed it for as long as they did. Uh, it doesn't mean it was right. Um, but uh, so, you know, it, it, it was, yes, it was an extraordinary situation. There's no question about it. But once again, when he, once he got in trouble, once Andrew Cuomo got in trouble, if Chris wanted to be involved, he should have stepped away from the anchor chair. Could have been for a few weeks, a couple months, could have come back after his brother resigned. And I think people would have understood that, including his bosses would have understood that a lot better. Would it have really made a difference, though, in terms of what he's alleged to have done? So let's just say we don't see him on TV every night, but he's still Chris Cuomo, so he can be on leave and he's still picking up the phone and he can still say, you know, are you doing a story on my brother or do you have any information on these accusers? Even if he'd taken a leave, he still would have been in a position to kind of use who he is. Uh, he's still a journalist, you know, absolutely, albeit a journalist, it's right? A fair point. It's absolutely a fair point. But uh, but I, I think, again, I, at least there would have been some transparency there. We would have understood that, yes, he's a journalist, but right now he's taking a break from that to deal with this. And we are, okay, okay we kind of get it. And I don't think people, I think a lot of people still would have criticized it, but at least you would have known where everything stood. What happened here was, is that, uh, you know, CNN asked him, what is your involvement? Whatever Chris told them was not the full extent of what he was doing. And when you have uh, sworn testimony that details it a lot more than what you told your boss, that's a problem. So it's kind of a trans, it's as much a transparency issue and a candor issue as it was 
what he did? I mean, is it the cover-up more than well, the yes, crime, even though we're not talking I, about I, the crime? I think that's it, but I think also, you know, when we first learned in May that he was uh, that that he was involved in his brother's defense, that was really the time to discipline him, and that was the time to 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 suspend him and take him off the air, if not to punish him, to send a message to the rest of your organization that this is not something that we do here. Um, and and I think that one of the things that people were angry about inside of CNN. If this wasn't your number one guy, if this wasn't someone who didn't have the stature that uh, Chris Cuomo did, it probably would have been, it would not have been allowed and it would have been, and that person would have been disciplined a lot sooner. So it's, there was a star treatment here uh, and you can rationalize it very hard to come up with people who can go into primetime every night and be compelling for a full hour on television. The people who do this cable news day in and day out uh they're it's it's pretty rarefied company so they were going to give them every chance to figure this out and get through it i don't think that they wanted to do this under any circumstance but if that but that attorney general's report uh when it when, it, when they obviously when they saw contra contradictions uh of what they were told he was doing and what he was actually doing uh, that was it. And I also should also say, we got to point out, and this was the story that we reported uh, over the weekend as well, that uh, after that, after Chris was suspended on Tuesday, um, an attorney came forth uh, to CNN and said that there was a woman who had a sexual harassment complaint against Chris Cuomo from their days of working together at ABC News. So you had this guy, he's already in jeopardy, and now you're going to have to defend him if, if this woman decides to go public. I mean, she hasn't identified herself, but they're aware of the complaint and other news organizations. The New York Times has been chasing a story about Chris Cuomo and whether he's had any harassment complaints uh, before. Uh, before. Uh, they've been after that for, for several months. So it's one problem escalating after another. Uh, it, and you have to say, well, uh, he, he's on his, he, he kind of fell on the, you know, not worth the trouble at CNN. And I think that's why he went. The, the uh, complaint, which again, we should be clear to point out, related uh, to his allegations of improper conduct when he was at ABC, not at CNN, but yes. in your reporting. Uh, yes, in reporting, it's described, it described as sexual misconduct. Sexual misconduct, uh, sexual mis an allegation of sexual misconduct. Um, you you point out in your reporting. I guess some of your sources said that look, this was just the last straw. CNN didn't want to deal with it. Like too much trouble, too much trouble. I uh, let's talk about that just for a moment because you are a journalist and your reporting. You know the the stories that you choose to credit the information that you choose to put forward has the ability to shape a narrative for a long time, at least until such time as someone has their day in court. And uh, that's my world and that world is expensive and protracted and takes a really, really long time. So you as a journalist have the power to make an allegation, you know, even if it's a decades old allegation, uh, viable and, and relevant, uh, 
even if it's not been tested in a court of law, tell me how you wield that power. How do you how do you test credibility, Stephen? If you know someone comes to you with something, what are the sorts of judgments that you make? That was a lot of questions I just asked. It's, you. it's, it's, <laughs> it, 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 it's an excellent thoughtful question. I will tell you that I think what happened in this case is that I think the New York Times have been working on this story for a while, and it didn't. It didn't reach whatever threshold it needed to reach for them to publish. However, once the lawyer representing this woman went to CNN and says, as part of your investigation, you should talk to her, uh, then it became part of the story. And you had to report it, I think, because uh, I don't think it was it was the factor that led to him to exit CNN. Uh, however, it, it, it definitely uh, tipped the scale. And it, they said, well, you know, rather than wait, let's just end this now, because they had the, the, the outside counsel that they brought in to review the attorney general's report on Chris Cuomo's involvement in his brother's defense said, you've got enough here to dismiss him with cause. Um, okay, think about it for a while, what they want to do, and then this comes along, well, I don't think they wanted to be in the position of having to defend him in the middle of all this. So they said, you know, let's call it a day. And I, I don't know anything about his contract, uh, folks. I'm not Chris Cuomo's lawyer. I haven't read his deal. But it is typically the case, um, and I think, Stephen, you might agree with this, it is typically the case that entertain media companies um, have great power over their talent in terms of saying, we want to get rid of you because you put us in a bad position. Uh, you know, it's not like you don't have a constitutional right to a job at a news desk. And no, there's, if, there, are, uh, there, are, there are morals clauses. And if you do anything that is seen as detrimental to the company and its reputation, that's absolutely reason for termination. And that's what happened. And as a result, too, I mean, Chris Cuomo, was, he, he was making... He signed a contract recently that was going to pay him $6 million a year, I'm presuming from 2024. That stopped. Uh, it, it, that went to zero. Uh, and uh, uh, he has left his Sirius XM show as well. Uh, I presume that might have been voluntary, but still, uh, th again, income loss there. And we just learned today that he had a book that was going to be published by Simon & Schuster. That is no longer coming out. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be it may be a pretty bleak Christmas in the Cuomo household this year. It's 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 a rough week. Do you think there's a path back for him? I would say that if he lays low um, I, uh, for a year, lets it pass, I think he can look to Brian Williams as an example of somebody who was able to rehabilitate his career after a scandal. Now. He was, Brian was very lucky that he had some pretty supportive executives at NBC who developed a show that was very suited to his talents, the 11th Hour on MSNBC, where he converts it, converses and, and really almost kibitzes with, with reporters for an hour. And, it's, it, and, it's, uh, um, and there isn't a lot of his reporting. So, the, the, so whether he, uh, so, his past issues, as you know, he lost the NBC Nightly News anchor chair in 2015 because he had made uh, lied really about uh, some of the reporting that he did uh, during the Iraq War. So, but um, 
he was able to survive and uh, and he was able to to uh, rehab himself chris cuomo could probably look at that and say well you know maybe we dip our toe in somebody takes a chance on me you know another thing about the media environment of today is that there are so many outlets um you know there are streaming services and radio networks and satellite radio and podcasting so i mean there are a lot of opportunities there and i think once he gets past this uh, there's a there's a way back. I mean, it's not, you know. I'll say one thing about this this, this scandal is that it, it, it's a journalism scandal. It's not necessarily a, 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 the type of thing the public cares about that much. Uh, we didn't see any. You know, this has been going on for months now. There's been no. Uh, I mean, cable news ratings are down overall, but nobody was tuning out of Chris Cuomo because of this. You didn't see a dip at nine o'clock Eastern because uh, people were saying, oh, no, he's got that thing with his brother. I'm not going to watch. <laughs> right. That didn't happen. That didn't right. happen. So the, the, right. so the, you know, the viewer. So uh, so if he comes up somewhere in a, in a platform that's suitable for him, and you know, he's a. He's a smart, combative guy. He knows how to make interesting television. There could be an opportunity down the road. Well, it's because I think that it's sort of, it's not really intuitive to people what he did wrong. I mean, that's why I wanted to have you on to explain what these standards are, uh, why we have them. And, you know, I, I didn't have you do that. I mean, it, it seems maybe to a lot of lay people, um, it can seem quite punitive. He got fired because he helped his brother out when he was in the jam. We've talked about some of these rules and some of these standards, Stephen, Uh why are they important? Why is it important for news organizations to have a rule that says on your off hours, you can't go uh, pound the pavement for a candidate or try to help uh, political figures? Why do you think those ethics are important? It's all about trust. <clears throat> you know, can, can I believe what you're saying if you're be about a, a certain industry, if that industry is paying you to make a speech to their annual sales meeting? Uh, or if I go, went to a fundraiser for a candidate, could I fairly cover uh, the other, his, his opponent when they come on? You, you have to draw the line. You have to make a choice. <clears throat> if you want to be a journalist, if you want to be considered a serious journalist, then you've got to follow these rules and you want you, you want to be able to deliver the information in a way where the where the uh, where the viewer or the reader or whoever it is doesn't think that you have skin in the game. Now, we do have certain type of commentators on cable news now where it's very clear uh, where they stand. But you know, even if you're an opinion host on Fox News, you cannot go and campaign for a candidate. You, 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 the, uh, they don't allow it. If you decide that you're a candidate for office, if you're a commentator on a cable news network and then all of a sudden you're a candidate, the money that you get for being a commentator goes away. That's it. You're, you, you, because you're, you're blurring the lines with the viewer. You're blurring. But it you're seems so weird. The, the line, but the lines are already so blurred. I mean, to me, uh, fair enough that these different organizations have these rules. But you can't tell me that it's not clear when you know a journalist is in the tank for a candidate. I mean, it just seems weird that they can use the platform kind of selectively sift through information to not always present, you know, the kind of both sides accuracy that viewers want. 
you know, you can be as biased as you want when you're on camera, well, but I'm on your own I'm time. You that the, uh, I'm not telling you that the system is flawless. It's not. But, but the <laughs> way it's supposed to work is that you, is, you're supposed to abide by these rules. And I will say something, uh, you know, I mean, and this is not to really cast aspersions on Chris Cuomo, but Chris Cuomo is a celebrity journalist. Uh, you know, he was, his father was a three-term governor, was a famous name in American politics. He didn't work at a local newspaper. He didn't work at a local affiliate. Uh, he, he didn't do community journalism. Uh, he, he didn't, he, he first got a job, his first job was at Fox News and that, he was there for a brief time and then he went to ABC and then CNN. So he's, if, he was not raised with the principles that, uh, that, that people who work their way up to the ranks are. And I think that's why uh, he probably didn't think twice about having to use his power or influence to, to uh, help family. I uh, want to kind of end on a point that you made about gatekeepers, There's, or rather the lack thereof uh, in today's news and media environment. You know, the upside is that it allows some folks, I mean, like me, I just, I'm doing this podcast <laughs> in, from my house uh, right now. You know, it's not hard for people to use their voices, to create platforms, um, and to participate in, in our, our national conversation easier than it's ever been because there are fewer gatekeepers. The flip side of that is that it's easier to spread whatever kind of information anybody wants to spread, be it true or false. And we, as consumers, just have to be, uh, I guess, more judicious consumers. Are, are you hopeful about the state of things? Do you think that ultimately, even though we've got all these different voices, we've got a bunch of people who push things that aren't true, do you think that at the end of the day, it will all play itself out, uh, survival of the fairest, as it were? Um, or do you think I'm being too optimistic? I think you're being a little optimistic, to be honest with you. Uh, when, when you see that <clears throat> there are uh, major news organizations that don't want to acknowledge that there was an insurrection uh, that that someone tried to overturn the results of of a of an election, of a presidential election, and uh, the, putting out stories that perhaps maybe the uh, the FBI was in on the in on what happened on uh, on January sixth, or that people are allowed to push. Uh, alternative narratives about uh, the uh, COVID vaccine, which has probably interfered with the process of of, uh, of the public being vaccinated and, and getting rid of a dangerous, deadly pandemic in this country. Um, I think it's a little hard to to uh, to get a lot of hope up that things are going to somehow uh, revert to a so-called normal again. Uh, it's it's going to take some real discipline, people are going to have to pay attention. They're going to really have to pay and, and understand and, and, and try to demand the truth going forward because it's it, it could be slipping away. You just nailed it. Um, I don't think things are just going to revert, but I think we're going to have to fight for it. Uh, we're going to have to fight really hard and insist on the truth and fight back uh, against 
just this easy proliferation of lies, because as you point out, uh, they are dangerous, dangerous, not just to our health, fighting, dangerous fighting to our democracy. Key words there. Yes, we got to fight back. Um, so I'm going to use my little platform here to do that. Stephen Battaglio, a Los Angeles Times reporter, uh, he's really done a great reporting on this story, because, again, I, I think that what happened to Chris Cuomo and why it happened isn't necessarily intuitive to a lot of people. Uh, you really helped dissect it. You broke it down uh, marvelously. So thanks for doing that. And thank you for being here. I hope you'll come back. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you soon. The Tanya Acker Show is written and executive produced by me. Darkoya Connor and Sam Fragoso are our producers. Rich Marchuka is our editor. Cole Mitchell is our composer. Our production assistant is Sydney Freeman. Our graphic designer is Greta Lalike. Audrey Ruiz is our social media manager. And our web developer is Eric Valentine. If you like us, and I hope you do, please subscribe, please leave five stars, and please come back. Thanks so much for being here.